Tomorrow, Friday, June 21st at 8.30 p.m., join us for our very first live episode so live. of Attack of the Queer Wolf. <laughs> we'll be screening Sleepaway Camp 2 at mm-hmm. 8.30 p.m. Unhappy campers. At the Frida Cinema in Santa Ana. Join us, friends. We'll have exactly this much energy at the live show, we promise. <laughs> the FridaCinema.org? Is that the website? Yes. To buy tickets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. No, it is. Hello and welcome to Attack of the Queer Wolf. I'm Sam. I'm Nay. I'm Michael. I'm Brennan. Aloha, everyone. (laughs) Today we're recording behind the Outpost Cafe between a couple of big rigs, and girl, we are all tied up. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Pride! Yes! It's the 50th anniversary of Stonewall this month. That's true. On the 28th. On the 28th, and also we're recording this on the 13th, which is Jason Voorhees' birthday. I'm pretty proud of that, too. Happy birthday, Jason. (laughs) That's just as important. I lied. (laughs) <laughs> I'm in a weird space right now, everyone. That I skipped a week, and I feel like I've completely lost all of my skills. Yeah, you're fine. Okay, cool. Yeah. Fine. I don't know. To be decided. We'll see. Okay, yeah, but welcome back from AIDS Life Cycle. <laughs> Thank you. How was that? Uh, exhausting and fulfilling, and it is one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life. That's amazing. Jason yeah. Blum is here to hear uh, all about it. The head of Jason Blum just <laughs> watching us. Um, not speaking. A little bit weird. Kind of into it. <laughs> Hi, Daddy. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> in my head, I just it flashed through uh, Jason Blum and calling him Daddy and seeing that erupt on Twitter. So we'll just um, life cycle is incredible. Uh, I encourage anybody who uh, is looking for a community and especially being a part of something. Uh, life cycle is like a microcosm of queer community that lasts seven days. So like every day at camp, there are like thousands of people and it's, and it outnumbers anybody else. I mean, we have allies there present, of course. Um, but it's like nothing you'll ever experience. Uh, you don't get that in the regular world and walking around and everybody knows your slang and everybody's so friendly because we're queer and we're family. Yeah. And Um, you're all there for the same reason. And they're from all over the world. So you don't have to be from LA or San Francisco to participate, but um, it's awesome. Uh, this year we raised $16.8 million for wow. the LA LGBT Center and the San Francisco AIDS Foundation. Um, and then you had a friend who rode. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Did you hear anything about it? Um, yeah, some really cool things. I mean, he hurt his knee at the very end, so he couldn't, he could like literally rode 21 miles on his hurt knee and then was like, I need to stop. Oh, man. I hurt my knee too, but we're not going to tell that story. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, he loved it. Of course, he's the baddest bitch. Is it for Nolan? That shit. Yeah, my yeah. baby. But yeah, he got hurt. Is he okay? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's fine. I'm like, I don't know how people don't get hurt. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, what's the total trip? 545 miles. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So. Last year I rode as a cyclist, so I did the 545 miles. This year I went as a roadie, so it's like a volunteer. And I feel like on the volunteer side, it was just as fulfilling, if not more so. I think mm. I'm going to return as a volunteer. That's great. That's beautiful. Was, um, and just like some quick facts, because I think they tie into later in the episode. But um, 
you know, we talk a lot with AIDS Lifecycle about ending AIDS, but it's really shorthand for a lot of things that this money goes to. It's about um, treatment. It's about funding prevention, getting people prep, Truvada, which uh, keeps you from, uh, it prevents you from getting HIV or giving HIV um, and getting it to people who can't afford it because it's about $2,000 a month in the U.S. Uh, in Australia, it's $8 a month. Mm. We'll unpack that. In, we have a lot of rate. Australian listeners. We do. Yeah. We, we looked at the numbers again. Nice. Uh, yes, a lot of Australians. Yeah. AOC went head to head with uh, Gilead recently uh, talking about it. So wow. um, it takes this kind of stuff to keep our community safe and to mm-hmm. uh, keep those numbers down. And it's working. So mm-hmm. shit like this is how we are going to change the world. Um, if you are unfamiliar with U equals U, it's undetectable equals untransmittable. What that means is people who are being treated for HIV and are and have an undetectable status cannot transmit it. Um, just bringing it up because part of this whole thing is destroying that stigma around yeah. HIV. Let's education. Bring it up. And where yeah. I, I don't know where people get that education. I got it from going to the LGBT center. And if you don't, or you ha- don't have access to that, or you're in a state that doesn't support queer centers and things like that, then uh, I just want to make sure that that information is out there for people who don't live in LA Absolutely. and some people who do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And cause you're not going to be learning this in school either. I mean, I, <laughs> at least, are, you're not. at least when I was in school, when I was a boy, <laughs> I mean, we, in my health class, we learned about HIV AIDS, but we like, I learned the very like bottom line basics of, I learned that HIV was different from AIDS, but beyond that, there was no talk about how it affected the gay community in the U S there was very little talk about Africa. It was just like, here's what it is. It exists. And there are two things. It's like, that's not enough information. Definitely not. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I grew up being told you could get it from saliva. Same. And I had family who thought that the government was lying and saying that you couldn't get it from saliva because they didn't want to scare everybody. And I remember when I first was working here in L.A. and I had a lot of coworkers who were positive. I remember somehow that coming up in a conversation with um, my family and I was just saying how much I had learned and how it was like a privilege to have learned from people. And I was grateful that they had taken the time to taught me because I had been so ignorant, even though I had been to grad school, like Mm -hmm. was technically an HIV expert and I still had some misconceptions. Um, So when I was a kid, I was told that when two men have sex, they make AIDS. Oh. Um, and, oh, Jesus Christ. and my grandmother was a nurse and she worked through, you know, the AIDS crisis in the eighties and was full of misinformation and she was a medical professional. And so of course, you know, things like that just permeated my existence. And until, you know, getting older and getting educated had the wrong, had a lot of misconceptions. And so it's important to be talking about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So jumping into tea time, <laughs> speaking of the tea, um, what are you watching and stuff? Um, well, speaking of just what we were talking about, I watched the season premiere of Pose. Yes. <clears throat> show's okay. so great. It, what, yes, 100%. Uh, I will add on once you talk. Yeah, more. I mean, I, I, did you watch the, you watched the premiere? I actually, I was very behind because I didn't have effects last year, but I watched all of the first season on Netflix in the past month and Got I saw the premiere. Yeah. So I'm very yeah. caught up. I mean, um, because of the time jump, I feel like they had to like do a lot of quick stuff. Um, so a lot of, a lot of it was like 
kind of jarring how it would be like in you'd be in one scene and then suddenly you'd be in another and none of it felt connected it was a very curious chronological (laughs) decision yeah um but i do love the show um i was very at the end of the episode i was very like satisfied with it and look forward to the season kind of settling into itself now it seems like they're setting up something yeah a lot of stuff was out of the way and like did you guys watch it watch the premiere yet no, okay yet. yeah but like the end with mother well, it, and everything it, yeah it's just so great um i watched that i watched chernobyl <laughs> talk about some scary shit have i talked about this here yet no, no. it's like the no. scariest show i've ever seen <laughs> it's so terrifying it's five episode miniseries on hbo so is it about the lead up? Is it about the impact it's afterwards? About like, both. It's yeah. It's about like it's. It essentially starts like during, like right after the explosion. Okay, wow. and then like the meltdown, and it, it it just goes into like what they really were faced with, and how the Russian government or the Soviet government at the time was essentially covering it up until it like broke. Um, it's just so terrifying though. I literally watched it. Brian and I watched it over like three days, which was a mistake. Cause you literally, <laughs> you watch an episode and you need to like relax. Cool off, yeah. Wow. Um, but I was watching it like, th- like I had a pillow I would like put over my eyes. Cause at any moment oh I was like my. waiting for like oh people's skin to fall off and stuff. And like it happens. So, so it's, it's got some, it's got some gore. Yeah. It's gory, but like, it's not even gory. It's just realistic. It like shows like, like like what happened to the people that were like fighting the initial fire and their government was telling them it's safe it's safe and what happened to the local town that was like right nearby where everyone lived and Pripyat right yes yeah thank you um, I watched the Chernobyl Diaries um, but Emily Watson is just so good and she plays a like a, a character that's like they took like 37 real people and like melded them into this one character. Cause otherwise you couldn't tell the story with 39 people. Mm. Um, and I thought it was pretty amazing. The guy that created it, Craig Mazin is like a comedy guy. And like, I think he wrote on like scary movie three. One and of the best ones. Yeah. It actually is a good, it is a good movie, but he, he comes from a very comedic heavy background. And, um, the thing I liked about it was it just shows that like anybody can do anything as long as you really do put your mind to it. And, uh, the guy that directed the last Star Wars, Rian Johnson, is that his name? Um, he tweeted about how Mazin, like a few years back, and him were having dinner, and he pitched him Chernobyl. And he was like, that sounds really good. But in his head, he's like, no way this fucking comedy guy is going to be <laughs> able to do this. And he's like, I stand corrected. And he like publicly praised his friend. But it is like, it's terrifying. But huh. it was so good. You know how like on Twitter a movie will come out of obscurity and people will suddenly start praising it. And you're like, Oh, I guess we're into that now. I thought when people started talking about Chernobyl, they were talking about Chernobyl diaries. And I was oh, stoked because I'm a really big Jesse McCartney fan. Yeah. And it's the only movie that instead of the cat jumping out, it's a bear jumping out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about you and that, Hi, like getting yeah. your, your things confused. Cause we watched mm-hmm. uh, three, <laughs> first three episodes of dead to me. And I was laughing like how, like you thought it was, gonna, they were dead people. I was like, or that you were wondering if they were going to be dead people. And I was like, Sam, what were you watching? I'm pretty sure every single episode I've been on, I've talked about something I was confused about. But so, dead to me is amazing too. It's a very funny. I love it's a it. very funny show. Uh, we're three episodes in, so I can't wait to continue that. So that's, I watched a lot of shit in the last week. <laughs> 
Sorry, I'm looking up my notes, oh. but I can't find them yet. Nay. Uh, I mean, I'm boring. I'm still watching Game of Thrones. Hey, um, talk about that dragon. Still in bitch. love with Brienne of Tarth. Yes. Still want her to cut my fucking head off. <laughs> and then sew it same on old, so she can old. cut it off again. For real. I'll bail her ass out of jail. Like, yeah. <laughs> Did anybody watch um, Black Mirror Striking Vipers? Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Hello, queer horror. That was so hot. Oh, my God. God. That was so fucking hot. I guess I need is to watch that it. the Miley Cyrus one? No, no it's the no. very first episode okay. too. Bold fucking move. Yeah. Netflix. Here it is. Front and center. Um that, ugh, it was so hot. I'm Love just gonna it. dance around it because I just want to let everybody enjoy that moment when they put yeah. it in. But I do think that uh <laughs> it's in. It's in. I can feel it. Um they handle identity. And, uh, and relationships in with such nuance, especially in a technological age. And I just, I want to give an entire episode of this show to that. I mean, it, it was, hmm. uh, very, very well done. Hmm. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. I think we could totally do that. I'll need to watch it. That's a good way to go it's back also, in because I kind of got, I got over Black Mirror. Like no, you ago. definitely should watch th- yeah. At least I know people are like shitting on the new season, but definitely watch that episode. Okay. And I'll say, the only thing I'll say is that it's the only episode of Black Mirror I've ever wanted to live in. Oh. 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 Well, because San Junipero though. I mean, that was great. I know. I know. Not it's supposed to be it. the, like the, you know, the lesbian it's lead. Okay. Like San Junipero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like, but I, Yes, I, I don't want to not live in San <laughs> But if I could live in this last first episode. Yes. So fun. It would be so fun. Okay, that's all I'm saying. I would like to also add, I uh, I saw a really great film on Shudder called Monster Party. Oh, God. <laughs> Start to finish, just one. No, I'm just kidding. It was, uh, it was total trash. Okay, good. Uh, I was like... <laughs> Gotta be fucking with no, me. I saw you. Your face just start to turn. Um, it, <laughs> I was like ready to start throwing this. Stuff I, the thing is, I love you know me. I love trash. I mean, I loved Ma, but because it's trash. But it's got to be interesting trash. Yes. And I was like here for the beginning because I was like, oh wow, this is a pretentious aspect ratio. It was like a hundred and five one. You know, it was just like it just just but it like never cost. stopped. No, and then and I'm thinking, okay, maybe this will be like um, thoroughbreds because it felt like it was trying to be like that whole. You know, and then, um, no, no. Agreed. I was like really into it. This is the movie I was talking mm-hmm. about last week that but I was afraid to say name. the title. Yeah. Um, oh, now that you read it. And let's read it. <laughs> I just, okay. Watching the movie, I just kept rolling my eyes and then I read an interview with the director and if you can, I'll see if I can find it. Cause then when you read it, you're going to be like, holy shit, this, no wonder this movie is the way it is. Ooh. <laughs> like I hate when. And it's not a knock on Monster Party only. A lot of film and TV does this where, like, something thinks it's cute as opposed to just being cute Mm. or, like, being clever. It's, Mm. like, it's, like, winking back at you and, like, aren't we clever? And you're, like, no, you're not. (laughs) And that's how I felt watching that movie. I'm, like, what an amazing cast. But every time, like, they would talk about, like, fucking somebody in the ass out of completely out of right. nowhere as, like, a punishment for something. I'm like, where the fuck is this coming from? And then the women were treated horribly. They kill the only black man, mm-hmm. like, first. Uh, immediately. Like, um, I'm just like, what is this movie? Like, am what? I missing something? Because, again, I, like, looked online and it, like, has, like, good reviews and stuff. And I'm like, 
There was a joke about <clears throat> cum dripping out of his ass after being yeah. raped in prison. In and prison. I thought, oh, uh, this isn't my kind of humor. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that kind of homophobia like, sucks me right out of a film. Well, like 20 minutes into the movie, I'm like, it's got to be a straight director. And then that line happened. I'm like, it's definitely yeah, a straight no director. Else, so, um, not my cup of tea. Did you find your... Uh, I did find yes. my notes. Um, not my okay. cup of tea. So you know how whenever people go on a trip, they bring back souvenirs or whatever? Mm-hmm. I don't have souvenirs for you guys. I'm sorry. I'm it's poor. Okay. I didn't but... Bring from Paris, remember? That's fair. Oh my <laughs> God, yeah. fuck you. I just... <laughs> <laughs> I wanted something. Brought so, back a piece of my heart for you, man. I already had it. Ooh. I want one. You got one. Okay. I you did. I did spend the last week in Maui with my family, um, mm-hmm. which was very nice of them to take me there. <laughs> um, but I wanted to bring back a little piece of Hawaiian history that I discovered while I was there. Now, let me ask you a question. In this room, do we love legends? Because oh, yeah. legends are are great. We love legends. Yeah, like legends like and Britney folklore. Spears. No, no, and like, yeah, like, like Britney Spears. Okay. Um, <laughs> Done. The I, only example I can think of. <laughs> I want to introduce you to Queen Ka- Ka'ahumanu. Um, she lived from 1768 to 1832. Um, she was one of 17 wives of King Kamehameha I, and she was his favorite because she was very smart and outspoken. Um, during... <laughs> In Hawaiian culture at that time, um, women were allowed to have multiple partners, men were allowed to have multiple partners, adultery was allowed and even encouraged, Mm. Um, but uh, Queen Ka'ahumanu was not allowed to have a lover because she was the The wife of the king. Mm -hmm. Um, So to spite him, she did take a younger lover who was then summarily executed, Mm. Um, but she really despised the system that was being run in Hawaii at the time. So basically, she could not bear her husband a child, so he had a child with her sister, mm. and she Sounds became like a good guy. Yeah, well, look, he had seventeen <laughs> wives. It happens. Um, you run out of options yeah. at that point. Uh-huh. But she be- kind of became the nanny to that child that they bore, and she was basically the person who kind of ruled over his upbringing. And when King Kamehameha eventually died. And his son rose to prominence. She was kind of the shadow queen standing behind him and telling him what to do. Um, when that son died at a very young age, she fucking stepped in. She became queen of Hawaii. Ooh, girl. Okay. And she completely fucking dismantled the entire sexist system that involved women not even being able to eat at the same table as men. All of this stuff. And she just kind of rebuilt it from the ground up. Um, I will say this... Uh, like era of in between confusion did kind of allow an opportunity for the uh, white Christian missionaries to swoop in and do their shit. But we love Queen Gahumanu. Mm-hmm. She is an icon. <laughs> she is a legend. And I just wanted to spread her message. <laughs> I was waiting for the Brennan connection to like an obscure movie. I mean, I, I just watched season one of Pose is what I did. So. <laughs> If you told me that whole legend was like the next season of Riverdale, I'd believe you. I yeah, should be. Like, they are just jumping. Honestly, with the <clears throat> breadth of references that they have, you yeah. never know. Oh, totally. Um, but I, I didn't want to leave Pose quite so quickly. Have you two, Sam and Nay, seen season one yeah. of Pose? I've o- I have not. Oh, okay. you haven't? No. Okay, let me sell you on season one of Pose. Please. Um, well, because, I mean, it's, it's a show set in the world 
of Paris is Burning, the world of mm-hmm. ballroom, mm-hmm. the queer POC trans culture that you know bloomed in New York because there was nowhere else for them to be who they were. Um, it, it it's such a stunning television show i'm so sad i missed it the first time around and i'm so happy it's still on the air and we get to talk about it and point people towards it yeah it's so good um it's a show that is simultaneously about all of the trials and hardships that come with being a queer person in new york in the height of the aids crisis but as much as it deals with these really heavy topics in sometimes very expositional Ryan Murphy ways. Um, it always finds a way to at least end their episodes and their seasons on a, in a place of hope and, and love happiness and yeah. joy. There's a lot of joy in the show. And it's all about chosen family and who you surround yourself with. And there is, look, I, there is a lot of power in the show to expose people to things that they never would have thought about. Like even, you might, I don't know, I don't, I don't want to prescribe anyone's experience or whatever, but it really is a walk in my shoes situation, especially for its trans characters who are portrayed by a very talented bevy of actresses who are just beyond sensational. Um, but there is a full episode about self identity versus the way that culture sees you. Um, in which two of the different um, trans female characters are kind of interacting with their male quote unquote straight partners. And they realize that those partners don't see them as women. They see them as trans people or, you know, like the magazines of like chicks with dicks or things like that. And the way that that's so dehumanizing and devaluing, uh, it's a really powerful and horrifying show and again it's planted in this place of they do find their culture and community Mm -hmm. but it just exposes you to a lot of experiences you might not think about in such examined detail and it's just really interesting and i can't not i can't stop thinking about the show yeah it's really great and also mj rodriguez is a star she plays blanca i love india more oh yeah um She's so gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, just the the breadth of characters that are put on display is such Mm. a beautiful thing. Anyway. Yeah. Sam, you'd love it. I will definitely check it out. Yeah. First first season's eight episodes. Too many episodes actually canceled. (laughs) Yeah. uh, yeah. Please. Well, um, and the the show also does feature Evan Peters and Kate Mara and James Vanderbeek. And every time I cut to them, I'm like, please stop. But get rid of these white people. No, but I, (laughs) I was thinking about it and I was thinking that these people are doing the show and these other more unknown actresses a favor because they're barely in the show, but they get to have their names on the poster. They get to have the white suburban people who have effects be like, maybe I'll check this out. I love Dawson's Creek I love or whatever. Peters, yeah. And then they get to recede into the background and let these fabulous women do their business. Mm-hmm. And thank you for that. And so far, um, I have not seen hide nor hair of them in season two. I don't I think they're very I'm assuming happy. They're not going to be in it. I think that was a decision that was made very wisely. And I think it's being handled well enough and letting us just explore the world. You don't miss them. No, <laughs> Speaking of the 1980s at the height of the AIDS crisis, uh, 
Would you like to talk about The Hitcher? Mm, no. Bye. Okay. okay, thank you for joining us on Attack of the Queer Wolf, and we will see you on of our live course. episode. Uh, trailer, please. West on a long, lonely highway, only his dreams for company. <laughs> what? My mother told me never to do this. Ugh. Before many miles, My mom's right. you wish he'd taken his mom's advice. <laughs> When Jim Halsey the hitcher into so his cute. car, he opened the doors of hell. Right. <laughs> Drama. <laughs> Man, not wrong. <laughs> I guess that's I had it. no idea the trailer was that. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't incredible. either. Nothing but a suitcase and his dreams. <laughs> what was I'm blanking? What was he? What was he driving to? San Diego for delivering the car. Yes, delivering a car, right? Yeah, presumably to get out of Illinois or wherever he's from. Yes, yeah, from Chicago, right? Illinois. Uh, Shady summaries. Head to California. Anybody have one? Should have listened to your mama. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'd be like a wild tale of a white person not trusting the police, or like the police not believing a white person. (laughs) Fantasy (laughs) film. Yeah, it's like. This bizarro world, <laughs> but but it's but the privilege is still there. I'm like, were you even oh, yeah. handcuffed back there? No, look, <laughs> no. It's so uh, it just so reminded me of the Zsa Zsa Gabor story we were talking yes. about in the Nightmare Three episode, where yes. he keeps pointing a gun at a cop, and the cop's like, "All right, you wild child, right. I see what you're doing, son." <laughs> on, the, on the radio, called him like, "Okay, you know what? We're gonna do our best to believe you, son." It's <laughs> Just get here. Just get here oh, safe. Anyway, my <laughs> my shady summary is C. Thomas Howell picks up a hitchhiker hoping it will help keep him awake and he really gets his money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, mine is uh, when a cute guy picks up the world's creepiest hitchhiker at 4 a.m., he's somehow surprised that the guy is a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Look, the hitcher is, uh, gotta tell you, it's one of my favorites. It's great. I, it's I a good it. movie. Um, it, it came out in 1986. Um, before I jump into anything, I just need to know, have any of you ever picked up a hitchhiker? Hell no. Yeah. Or would you? Not a hitchhiker, but when I was young, my mom, some, ooh, you know, wild ass white woman. <laughs> Sometimes she like, she would see like a woman carrying groceries and she, we would pull over and she'd be like, can I, can we give you a ride? Oh, that's. And obviously, still not a good idea, mm. but we're here today to talk about it. <laughs> but never like someone on the like of the highway. Never a man, first of all, because Dab hates men. <laughs> yeah, so never a man. But if she saw a woman Dab like caring men. stuff, she does. <laughs> Raise me right. Um, yeah. So like not. A, but but my mom has told me many stories about her hitchhiking oh. back in the day. I've never. Wow. Yeah, but no, never picked up. A I've never picked up anybody, but I know there's been there was plenty of times like in college and in my twenties where like you'd go to a bar and you'd meet people at the bar and you'd get in their car with them to go to another bar to go back to their house, which is kind of like I mean, what's the difference? True. The person could be just as crazy as a person on the side of the road. You're hitching a ride on that D. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's true. And if we're talking about the history of. And I've definitely gotten in plenty of cars, like in the middle of nowhere, that were not of people I know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there is something 
especially in the 1980s, uh, a little cruisy about hitchhiking. Absolutely. Yeah. There is a history there. Uh, no, dudes picking up dudes. So uh, I have picked up a hitchhiker. Really? He was super hot. Um, I was on a road trip from San Francisco to LA. Were you alone? I was alone. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, I'm just going to do it. So, I mean, it was scary. Um, so I tweeted that I was picking up a really hot hitchhiker. And if I died, <laughs> at least know that I died doing what I loved. How, how, long, did, how long did you guys date? Uh, we didn't date, but we did go to a nude beach. Wow. What? So Cute. it was a fun trip. <laughs> the hitcher. <laughs> I, I, I did want to say I drove Lyft for a while, and that's pretty much like picking up. I guess that is. I did yeah. that too. Yeah, it's kind of like I was watching, like when watching it's the like, Ted Bundy tapes. It's like it's like curated hitchhiking. I mean, everybody talks about how crazy it is that people were hitchhiking, but like I don't know, guys. Like, isn't rideshare like the same diff? Yeah. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Murderers can own iPhones. Like murderers, there's, there's do. no screening I think people process. People like think that there there's no threat because like your phone can be tracked, but like at that point you're dead. So who cares if they can track your phone? Yeah, you <laughs> know you there's get a there's a lot of stuff <laughs> out right now about like should we really should women or like femme folks really be using Lyft or Uber? Mm-hmm. But like, what's the alternative? Because I I don't know about any of yours experience, but I know that most of the women I talk to and myself included have been uncomfortable in a Lyft more than once. Yeah. I feel by like the driver every, hitting on you. Every woman I yeah. know has told me at least one. Definitely. Yeah, shit story. Yeah. Where you just like, <laughs> so that you don't get killed, but like maybe that won't always protect you. But yeah. Do headphones work? No, I know nothing works, Michael. You can be throw- I t- I've told you you can be throwing up in a bag. No, that's right. And you're just like, hey, show. Don't mean to laugh. Yeah, <laughs> like your puke. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, and the the one time my boyfriend and I took a lift to the airport, we got picked up by a Trump supporter. Oh lord. So you just never know. Are yeah. those cheaper? Are they like discounted, like the shared. <laughs> well, lift? actually, that was our first <laughs> lift with that account, so it was free. So cute. So <laughs> I'm always scared of Lyft drivers. I like go in automatically scared of the person that's driving me. Mm. So I give everyone a five because I'm afraid <laughs> they'll figure out where I live and come and kill me if I don't. Cause that shit's serious. They like those companies are so shitty to those people that like mm. they go below like a 4.6. Don't they lose their ability to drive for that company? Isn't it like they're... a 3.9, but it's still, but even then, that's still pretty high. Um, I mean, what are you doing to get a score that low? Right. I only have given one one in my life, and it was the last car I took. It was the first one I gave. The guy had awful B.O. <laughs> Read him. Almost killed me like five times because he kept swerving into the other lane. I think he was drunk, honestly. Mm. And like I asked him to pull over and let me out. Ooh. So I was like, I have to give this dude a one. And mm-hmm. I felt it's really a horrible service. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Then I got like three emails from Lyft immediately. Oh yeah, being like, "Are you okay? Is there something yeah. we need to know?" And it's just like, "Delete, delete." delete. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm speaking of rides that course. almost kill you, um, <laughs> let me tell you about the Hitcher. Oh, are we here to talk about the movie? <laughs> <laughs> well, the social, like the horror climate that surrounded the Hitcher in 1986. Yeah, please. It's interesting to me mm-hmm. because it's a TriStar film, even though they just distributed it and it's HBO. The last slasher to come out from TriStar was Silent Night, Deadly Night. And it was protested out of theaters after two weeks. So the only other horror film that they, pseudo horror film they did was Life Force in 85, sci-fi. Um, and so when this film came up, producer, the, the script for it was like 190 pages. Holy um, shit. 
Which uh, if you think about it as a minute per page, three hours and that's a very long film. Yeah. (laughs) And it was super graphic and bloody and violent. And so the producers were like, well, how can we make this, but have it not be a slasher film? And that's why the hitcher. So rides that interesting line between thriller and horror film. It's like a slasher, but we don't see what's going on. I don't know, but it's still to me is chilling. Oh yeah. It's scary. Almost the things that we don't see. Well, Mm -hmm. In, in the way that the Terminator is an action sci-fi film <laughs> imitating the structure of the slasher, this is a slasher film imitating the structure of the Terminator. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that, that, I mean, that seems to me to be the biggest influence it's pulling from. He's this unstoppable force of car chases most of the time. Like, we don't see the blood quite as much. So it, even though it has... All of the ingredients of a slasher film, they're all kind of separated across the plate. So you can't see them all together. So they're trying to trick us. Well, to I'm sure it's not a slasher movie. Sold is being less slashery. Yeah. Than it, it truly is. It's so funny that you mentioned the Terminator because have you ever read a Bridge Scripts? I think it's a BridgeScripts.com. Oh, yeah. They're amazing. They're so funny. But the Terminator one, like every third line is tell me again how this isn't a slasher movie. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is that. Yeah. Um, is this anybody's first time seeing no. it? Yep. Oh, yes. I would love mm-hmm. to hear what you think. Um, I, I, I mean, it had my attention, which is always a plus for me because I was it on had the to watch it one time. Scale. <laughs> um, I mean, like a nine. Oh, wow. out of ten. Wow. Yeah, I was like paying attention. I love it. Yeah. Um, I definitely. I mean, there's something really comforting when people do things in horror movies that you wouldn't do because you're like, oh, maybe I am smart. Like, <laughs> oh, maybe I will avoid death. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh my God. Because, you know, not even five minutes into the movie, this man is not answering questions. And I feel like that's when I'd want to kick him out of the car. Like, literally, I looked at the time for when he, like, the, I think the second question in that he doesn't answer and he just, like, says something else. And I'm like, no. Hell no. Like, that's when I would want... I mean, maybe it would have escalated everything because that's the point in which I would have been like, you know what? This isn't working out. I'm going to need you to get out of my car. Yeah. And that but, opening is creepy as fuck. Yes. All that dialogue, which I yes. know you have some of. Yes. I'll, I'll pull it up right now. Um, starting from the moment when he's, look, to me, he is cruising John Ryder. He's just like, my mom told me not to do this. And he is just <laughs> all smiles at 4 right. a.m. Listen, so I mean, he's picking up that hitchhiker there, going to the nude beach. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or like wait, behind wait, the dumpster. <laughs> uh, here, here we go with this. My mother told me never to do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, girl. They're wet. Yeah, there's gonna be some pauses, so we can talk. See, Thomas Howe is a babe. And at this point, Bless he's you. sick, which I think is also worth noting. Wait, what? My uh, name's Jim Halsey. He's sneezing and stuff. John's sick. John. Oh, yeah. John Ryder. So you want me to drop you off somewhere? I'm going to get car wet. You got to get yeah, out. Let oh, me out of this car. You got to go. It's a drive away. Also, the owns San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a drive away. Keep it dry. Right. It's not your car. So where are you headed? Ugh. <sighs> Smoke. No. Yeah. Cancel. Yeah, sure. Oh, you can hear he's out. still kind of excited about this. Oh yeah, he's thrilled. Yeah, he is. He's got an erection right. for sure. <laughs> yeah, dick is hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
looks like I'm gonna get some dick. You gonna tell me where you're going? Still excited. Yeah, sure. I let, can't. Let me out. Enough. <laughs> what are you looking at me like that for? There it is. <laughs> Your lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's such what a are you hot looking question. At, yeah, what are you looking at me, looking at me like, like that, that for? for? And his response, though, was it? it just, I'm just looking. I'm just looking. Mm. <sighs> you know, because it was my first time watching, and when he successfully pushes him out of the car, I was not expecting that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I'm thinking how I most definitely would have stopped and ran over him many, many, many times. <laughs> many. And I always think that in movies where. You know, people hit someone once or stab someone once or run them over one time. I'm like, no, we need to go 50, yeah. 50 to 100 times mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to obliterate Got a double this person's tap. body. Pizza. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You're not even going to be able to scrape him out of the road right. by the time I'm done. He's just going to be part of the road. <laughs> yeah. But he does Sidney Prescott his way out of the clutches of the killer right away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's on the road. So it yeah. feels like Aww, a victory. Sydney. Our girl. Do you think she ever leaves the house still? <laughs> Only to pick up hitchhikers. Aww. Well, I don't know that. And just take them home <laughs> and kill them. You live here now. <laughs> I don't know that this movie is intentionally queer, but there is a lot of discourse around what uh, around several queer readings of the film. I will say that it's queer enough that a lot of straight people picked up on it, even at the time. Mm-hmm. Roger Ebert wrote about it. Um, John Kenneth Muir wrote about it. Like. These straight white dudes are like, there's something good going on here. (laughs) You know what's like just mind blowing though? You know, when they stop at the construction site and he like puts his hand on his crotch and the guy's like, well, get out, you get out of here, you sweethearts. Like mm -hmm. a true ally. Can you, I, I can't imagine period like, well, I don't know if he's acting gay or he is gay or queer or whatnot. I can't imagine like increasing my queer visibility to get out of a situation. He's weaponizing like, gay panic, though. Like, that, like... Yeah, because the, the idea that it might be sexual makes that, you know, supposedly straight men instantly want to look away and ignore it. Yeah, it, I'm like, like you're not afraid he's not going to just hop in his pickup and follow you? Like, yeah. I just can't imagine doing that. That's the thing I'm going to mm. do to get out of here. No. I mean, I don't think John Ryder really <laughs> cares about his survival in this movie. Like, he's not thinking in a way to preserve his own life. He's pure anarchistic evil yeah it's scary i think that there's a black christmas parallel there that i like um in that moment just that like they those people could have helped him if they had just been but that moment yeah it's like (laughs) they're as soon as something queer came up they're just not listening just like when in that film i love black christmas um but you know people it's to me that's a movie about uh men not listening to women and to me in this one this is a movie about people that can help that don't Mm. and this happens to him throughout the entire film and the deeper he goes the more people abandon him along the way which leads me to my reading of it i i I, i've gone back and forth over the years because i do feel like if like nightmare on elm street John Ryder represents gayness. That can be a problem. Um, if he represents a fear of gayness that needs to be overcome, which I, I think that it can, um, that can be a, 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 something that's a little bit more of a palatable read. But to me, and what's always struck me is that John Ryder is AIDS. 
um, to give a little bit of perspective about 1986, if that's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. So just timeline of AIDS. Um, 1981, we have the first five diagnosed cases. Right. 1982, we have, it, it started being called, uh, you know, gay plague, um, gay cancer. Uh, and then by, uh, and, and GRID, gay-related immune deficiency. And this is just for folks who don't know. I know, um, you know, we've talked about it. Uh, by 19, uh, but gay panic was in full swing by 85 when Rock Hudson was the first celebrity to disclose his status. And that is right before this movie in 1986, where there were over 38,000 known cases. So that's the world that the Hitcher emerges in. Um, I think that when it first happened, the Hitcher was, Reviled, like people did not like this film, um, and then it it gained traction in its repeat plays on HBO over the years. I think there was something a little bit too close to home in it, but that's just me kind of projecting. Why I read AIDS onto it is John Ryder comes in contact with Jim, the driver, and at that point on, everybody Jim connects with dies. Everybody he tries to have a anybody he that basically he touches. Um, is doomed. And this is a film about a man who has to accept his doomed fate. Um, in 1986, we didn't have answers. And so I don't think that it's necessarily homophobic to look at it that way. Um, but I do think that, you know, it is, it's hard not to be in that climate and not feel a part of that history connect. Yeah. And the, I mean, the sheer, nihilism of the hitcher of you are just trapped in this almost supernaturally evil situation where it seems like there's absolutely no escape death surrounds you that's not a palatable story especially for like mainstream theater audiences at the time but that was the story of aids where it's like this is the end for you at least at that time Mm -hmm. um before there was you know more research and medication and all of that stuff that we, you know, we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it's a bitter, dark film for a bitter, dark passage in history. Especially looking at Jim picking up this writer who's like, look, I don't know, maybe it's just me. I think Rucker Howard is kind of hot. Like he gets in that car and it's like, all right, yeah, I might pick you up, you know? And then he's like a little bit flirty and and it feels like, like when he, when in that performance, the performance feels very sexual to me and and he's always smiling at him and waiting for his reaction in the way that you fucking hate when that guy across the bar (laughs) smiles at you and waits for your reaction. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Mm -hmm. it feels like unwanted attention. Mm Mm-hmm. It does to me. And I think that there is a connect, that sexual connection also helps solidify, um, that allegory. Now, whether or not that's intentional, I don't know, but I, it's something that I felt watching. Yeah. And there's like a little bit of a, there's almost like a little bit to me of like, it's a reading on like bisexuality in a lot of ways too, or mm. if you are a man and kind of dive anywhere towards a man, you're in trouble. Whereas like his saving grace, it looks like for most of the movie is going to be essentially the lone woman in the film, Mm -hmm. which is Jennifer Jason Lee. And you know what I mean? Like, so like there's almost like a read on like, I don't know, like to me, I read that as a little bisexual, but the, the, the moral is don't even be bisexual. Make sure you just stay on the straight and narrow. Um, but I also look at Ryder and 
this film, if you take away any of the sexuality, is like he's essentially Bruce the Shark from Jaws. <laughs> and it's just Jaws in a car. You know what I mean? Like, and, and there's a fun way to look at it like that if you want to look at it like with a little less of a social conscious or social commentary type eye and just look at it for a little bit more on the surface. And I've always referred to it to some people as like Jaws in a car. I love that. Yeah, it's fun, right? Like... And Your face lit up when he said Nash. <laughs> May, I just have to say. Oh, I love her. Please tell me. Did you love her? Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I just love or did Jennifer love Jason Lee so much. Yes. Yeah. But I do love Jennifer Jason mm. Lee. Yeah. No, my well, face lit up about Jaws. Oh. <laughs> I love Jaws. Jaws, Jaws in a car. I'm obsessed with that. Right? Yeah. Someone should literally call a movie that. Jaws in a car. <laughs> It's a different movie. It's a different movie. This was Jaws in the car a little bit. Yeah, what do you? I mean, I bet Thomas Held wished there were more Jaws involved in his transaction. Exactly. um, (laughs) I didn't read him as being sexually invested or attracted to Nash in any way. No, she throws herself into his life, but the second they're in bed together, he leaves to go take a shower. Like he is, he does not want to be in contact with Nash. She straight up asks him if he's queer. In my opinion, she says. Why did you pick him up? And there's a, <laughs> there's a pregnant pause, and he just says, I was trying to stay awake, or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then her follow-up is, can I lay in bed next to you? Guys, mm-hmm. come on. She wants to fuck him. She's like, hey, are you gay? And he's like, mm, I mean, he kinda, doesn't know. Yeah, figuring it out. And she's like, mm. cool, let's fuck. That's... <laughs> <laughs> And I, I just, I will say, because her uncle is the cook at the diner. So does that make her Nisi Nash? Wow. Wow. Mic drop. Whoa, well, thank you for listening to this episode of Queer Wolf. <laughs> My- <coughs> I go. That's why that's why Brennan um that's why Brennan got that uh that review this week that said Brennan uh be- Woodbang. 1010 Woodbang. Woodbang. I appreciate it. Slide into my yeah. DMs. Let's yeah. see what's up. No, for real, y'all. Hit up Brennan. That's real cute. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> Wood bang. It killed me. Honestly, I wish every podcast was reviewed that way. Right. Same. Same. Until the one says wouldn't bang, and then I'd be devastated. Fair enough. Be like, same. It's mutual. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so speaking of Nash. Yes, please. Um, I would like to talk. So for me, I did love her. I thought... As an ally, she is leading <laughs> by example. Um, because, Nay, you were talking about everybody on a bus needs a white lady who's just going to, like, take charge. And I'm literally, <laughs> Nash is that white lady on the bus. <laughs> and here she is. The cops are here. And she's going to pick up that goddamn gun. And she's going to aim it right at him. And she yeah. knows their first name, Lyle. <laughs> Lyle. She is here. And she's not fucking around. Um, I think we have a clip. We do. Um, this is God. That was a harsh scene. Like the cops pull the bus over. They pull Sia Thomas Hall out of the bus. The cop is saying, "You got spit on my wrist. I want you to rub it off my wrist mm-hmm. because okay. you know that would make if him he reaches for the to, gun. Yeah, and blow his head off. It's intense. But here's uh, Nash's reaction to that when she comes out of the bus and points a gun at the cops. I can't believe you were going to do what you were going to do. Don't you know who he is? You got the wrong man, Lyle. I care we do. Now just settle down and... Don't come any closer. Hand me that gun. 
Anybody else would be dead. Well, yeah. You threw your life down the toilet. When the truth comes down, I'll be just fine. Dang. That line, when the truth comes down, I'll be just fine. To me, that is the ultimate ally. It's like she knows she's taking a risk uh, standing up for this person and knowing that in this moment it doesn't read as right, but knowing that the truth is on her side. Going along with the queer reading of it, I mean, she is somebody who is standing up for him when everybody else has given up. Yeah. true. Yeah. So I love her. She's, uh, how old is she in this movie? She's young. I think she's 12, 13. <laughs> she's, she's a baby. This was she, like a soon after, well, I guess, no, I guess Fast Times at Ridgemont High is like 1982. 80, yeah, it was around so, that time. And she was also in the slasher movie Eyes of a Stranger in 81 with uh, Lauren Twos from The Love Boat. Oh. Um, and Tom, Tom Savini right. effects. <laughs> that movie's so... I I hesitate to call it good because it's got some very questionable aspects to it, like most early eighties slash yeah. movies. But oh, man. that's a it's an interesting movie. Okay, okay. <laughs> so when she gets tied between two yes. big rigs, yes. um, and oh, obviously Lord. we have to talk about her getting ripped in half. Yeah. Um, <laughs> would you have handled that it. situation any differently, or do you feel like he was really just this is because he I, was going to kill her. Yeah. He was going to kill her regardless. I don't yeah. think there's anything you can do there. Dude's well, a fucking shark at that point. Pull the emergency brake. Oh. You know? Yeah. Do those stop, though? Because I drive with my emergency brake on all the time. <laughs> you, have, you have to hit the brake and pull the emergency brake. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they, they do work. But they're... You can't like they will. Yeah, you can drive with your brake on. You'll know you'd be like, "Why is my car running so hard? What's yeah. going on?" But I don't think you can but, fully stop. Yeah, it. you can't. But you have to hit your even if your brakes are out. Like your foot has to be activating. Right? Isn't that right? I think it's. I well, appreciate uh, these lessons and how to survive. Well, because he the car wasn't. Oh God, this is just a physics discussion. Yes. Um, but the car wasn't in motion. So if he if you pull the emergency brake, shoot the hitcher out of the car. Like and the gas pedal's not being pushed. I don't know that the car is going to move, move anyway. necessarily because mm-hmm. it was on flat ground. I don't know. If this was a musical, I think my favorite song would be the song that happens between the hitcher and Jim <laughs> in the car. And it would be called the emergency break. <laughs> <laughs> really cool BDSM scene. That mm. mm. there's actually several throughout this movie. The, making like, a porn parody of this movie would of, be so easy. Were you thinking yes. of what's her face from Game of Thrones ripping you in half? Oh my god, Michael! <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Speaking of lines like that, I pulled a clip from the diner scene where uh, Jim is threatening the hitcher with a gun, and every single the way he phrases it every single time is so questionable. <laughs> Hold on, I'm pulling it up right now. You stay seated right where you are. It sounds like he's masturbating. I'll blow your brains to your ass. I'm masturbating. (laughs) So help me, I'll blow you in half. Okay. Okay. A choice. Wants to fuck. (laughs) Is that the same scene where he also goes on to ask? Yeah. Do you want? Do you want that? Yeah. Let's play that clip because central question, friends, and I want to know what you think. Okay. Oh, this part's great, too. I will. Oh, I will. Oh. It sounds like sex. Are you going to shit bed? I'm going to squeeze money. The 
They're talking about guns. Why are, are you they? doing this to me? Why are you doing this to me? You're a smart kid. You'll figure it out. So why is he doing this to Jim? Because he saw Soul Man. <laughs> I don't know that movie. It's it's a C. Thomas Howell movie where he dresses in blackface blackface to get into a college. Yeah. Very, yikes. Very yikes. Yeah, you gotta die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's so many ways to read that. You could read it as like the very on the nose version where it's, he's a psycho. So he doesn't give a fuck about telling him why he's doing anything. He's just a psycho. So he's <coughs> fucking with him. Um, Brennan, you were going to say something. I, I said my piece. Oh, okay. <laughs> Nate, do you have a theory? No. I mean, I think it just feels random and creepy. Yeah. To say that there's nothing scarier than like not knowing why somebody's treating you the way they're treating you. If yes. it's negative. Yes. And like, instead of like, you know, that's why that line in the strangers works so oh well. Like God, when they yes. say, why are you doing this? And like, Ugh. because you are home, yep. if it's vague or if it's just something so minuscule, it's much scarier than him. Like, launching into totally you know like 100 percent agree and i'm gonna make fun of my own love but like launching into the screen <laughs> 15 minutes scary i'm gonna kill you monologue the urban yep. legend powerpoint yeah, presentation yeah, like i mean i love love it but like i always laugh at those movies at the end of the day because it's like you're trying to kill her like three times throughout the movie now you're pausing to say why right the powerpoint <laughs> presentation like literally gets out a fucking slideshow yep. in urban legend that like, movie's so good it's so good Brandon, if you were a killer you would come with a powerpoint oh yeah i come prepared it works in scream and scream too because it was you know those kind of killer monologue things hadn't been done in a while right and uh, they play into the plot where <laughs> like urban legend is just like i know it plays into the plot but it's just fucking she's got a picture and john Ryder. <laughs> it's so great Uh, I mean John Ryder does uh, say that he wants him to he wants Jim to stop him but it almost feels like at that point I don't even believe him like that that's the reason why like when Mm -hmm. he says it it feels like it doesn't even feel like enough I think there's something more and I think it's like what you're saying which is where the unknown is much scarier and uh and drawing a comparison and i can't help but do this with anything queer that happened around this time but with nightmare on elm street 2 mm-hmm. where freddie is trying to take over uh jesse jesse and possess him right which is what kind of makes that moment problematic because it's like once he takes over or the game takes over then he's a villain this is different john Ryder is his only goal is to destroy everything that gets in his in his path yes yes and it's like and i think that's what makes him such a terrifying villain well mm-hmm. if you look at it as like an aids metaphor there is no reason yeah, yeah. you know what i mean mm-hmm. like bingo Actually, aids killed yeah. so many people and is still killing people worldwide yes and like mm-hmm. it it's you know like it doesn't care yeah it, it just is is that like is that right you know what i mean mm-hmm. like there's no reason and the thing yes. that's perhaps even scarier about the Hitcher is that he doesn't necessarily want to kill Jim. He mm-hmm. has many opportunities. If he just straight up wanted him dead, he could have accomplished that. Mm-hmm. He wants to just completely crush his entire world and be deeply yeah. ruin and terrorize him. It took so long for the chopper to show up. 
I'm like, this, I'm like, this is not Los Angeles, okay? Because I'd have five, six choppers mm-hmm. right away. Have you seen the remake? Yes. No. Not yet. Where the choppers show up to Closer? Yes. I want to fuck you like an animal? Nine Inch Nails. Oh, they show up friends. to Nine Inch fucking Nails in the oh. movie. I got to tell you, it's a pleasure. Like... <laughs> Give yourself at least that. Like, you don't have to go through the whole thing. Give yourself that. And then maybe, like, Sophia Bush, which in my head, she's wearing Ugg boots with that shotgun. She is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. And then Zachary Knighton has, like, the most Biebery of Bieber hair oh you'll God. ever see in your Full life. Bieber. It's, it's, it's hmm. like, the lowest of the low of the Platinum Dune remakes. So I love it. But it's, yeah, uh, it. <laughs> it's like, it. it's super entertaining because it's fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh, if you the color, color scheme of it is like hard to look Opens at. with all American rejects move along. <gasps> Listen, oh, I'm here for it. Such it's a like point the pitch meeting for the remake was like, take everything that's queer and make it really straight. Yes. They split it's the like lead a, character into, into a heterosexual a, couple. Yes. And what? they go on a road trip. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have. I think I have seen that. It's have, have either of you seen The Hitcher Two? I've been waiting. Yep. Right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I I own it and haven't watched it yet. Is it worth nope. spending any amount of time? I mean, I can't remember what I even. I know I saw it, but I can't even remember. Same a frame of it. I keep well, telling people I'll report I back. It, I <laughs> and then, did you ever watch Highwaymen, which was no. made yes. by the same guy that directed The Hitcher? It's a movie with Jim Caviezel. It's essentially The Hitcher, but with two cars. <gasps> oh. It's more or less, yeah. right? Yeah. God. Yeah, it's like Joyride. It's probably a closer comparison. Oh, my God. Sold. I, yeah. I love <clears throat> a roadside thriller. Oh, yeah. Like, Highwayman is pretty good. What was that it, it was movie? A, I mean, we, oh, sorry. Duel. Oh, no. Duel's amazing. Highwayman is great. It's like a very, it was like a movie that I think was kind of dumped. I think it was filmed like two years before it came out. And for some reason or another, like it got no play, but it's actually a very serviceable movie. I think Jim Caviezel's the lead in that. What were you going to say, Nay? Uh, you know, I can't remember the name of this movie. I remember watching this movie, sneaking to watch a movie. And then in, you know, like Christian fashion was like, oh, I need to confess to my mom <laughs> uh-huh. that I watched this so that um, somehow that's going to make God forgive me. I right. don't know. I can't really explain how or why, but that's what I had to do. And I just remember telling her that this girl was hitchhiking and then the hitchhiker tried to kill her. And then she somehow got the gun and was like, have you asked Jesus into your heart to be your Lord and, Lord and Savior? And then the person's like, yes. So she shoots him because she's like, it's fine. He's going to go to heaven. With this really movie? Happen? Yes. I, I think that I've was, seen that. Uh, it is a movie. Britney Spears' Crossroads? <laughs> we should have a Britney Spears tally for Sam. For real. Um, yeah, like a sitcom tally for Michael. <laughs> yeah. Right. Married with cheer- children tally for Michael. The also, pitch meeting for the remake of Crossroads that I want. Um, if you guys haven't seen it, Britney Spears takes a um, a road trip across the country to meet Kim with, Cattrall. With, with and, Zoe uh, Saldana uh-huh. and Taryn Manning. Yeah. Uh, who's pregnant anyways uh and and they get in a car with a guy who they think is a killer and it's just never really a part of the plot so here's the pitch it's a remake still starring all the same cast except they get in a car with a guy who is a killer and everywhere they stop he murders people but britney spears falls in love with him so she helps cover it up (laughs) interesting because she would crossroads to crossroads breaks my heart Uh, that movie sounds really familiar that you're talking about nay maybe i dreamt it (gasps) oh my god i just remembered my i meant to tell you actually during tea time what my dream was last night okay it's the first time i have ever had a dream like this now i regularly have nightmares that's just a thing like Mm -hmm. several nights a week have some kind of like home invasion getaway chase nightmare i know 
I know. I know. I I know. Uh, um, but anyway, last night, okay, actually had a sex dream about an Instagram follower who also listens to the show. That's funny. Oh, you know who you are. Well, you know you who you are. That's you don't mystery. know. I mean, actually, you do know that I think you're hot. But not, sex dreams don't have anything to do with you can't people help are hot. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, sex dream about this person, but then it turned into literally Michael Myers <laughs> trying to kill me, chasing me everywhere. I literally flipped a table on Michael Myers to try and get away. Yeah, that's so funny. It's terrifying. Night. I used to have a recurring Michael Myers dream Whoa. when I was in my 20s. Oh my God. It would be, it would start at my house that I grew up in. I would run to my friend Kara house, mm-hmm. Kara's house, like a block and a half away. He would be in her backyard. He would be attacking my father. Kara and I would hide in the bushes. Suddenly my dad would be gone. <laughs> Michael would be like strolling through the backyard looking for us, and then I'd wake up when he was about to stab me. Shit, dude. like it happened like at least a dozen times. I had Yo, that same exact dream. Not- y'all tweet us if you have Michael Myers dreams. Yeah, I don't know yeah. why Michael Myers. Terrifying. Have you had any horror related nightmares, Sam? Actually, I have. Okay, what what property are we talking? A, a, a apocalyptic. I, I have like recurring apocalyptic oh, okay. dreams, and this week I had one that um, I had chlamydia. And the only person that could drive me to the clinic was my ex-boyfriend. <laughs> but we're there, and then the apocalypse happens. And I'm like, fuck, it's the end of the world, and we're stuck at Planned Parenthood. <laughs> but we kind of rekindled it. And then I woke up and I texted him. I'm sorry. He's not listening, right? But like, if he were, I'm sorry about that text. Yeah. Uh, yo, that's nuts, because like, what if you... Yo, you, you're like, shit, I have chlamydia, I gotta get treated, but then the end the world happens. Do you never get to treat your chlamydia? Do you, are you the only one left and now you have to repopulate the planet, but now you, everybody has oh God, yeah. chlamydia. Holy shit. Well, and then eventually, wouldn't the chlamydia... But then it's just the norm. Out. It's like herpes. Yeah. Friends, it's I have like- to say, this is my favorite tangent <laughs> I have ever been a part of. I can't believe we just got to talk about that. <laughs> it was beautiful. Thank, Thank you. Sharing. I used to have zombie dreams a oh lot, my God. too. I have zombie uh, stress dreams yeah. all the time. It's still like the zombie genre is like the one genre that still legitimately scares me when I see a zombie movie. Um, <clears throat> so I used to have um, one where the zombie invasion would be happening, but my family was scattered all over the place in this uh, city and we'd like be running to find each other. Um, and like, we could never all connect at the same time. But one time I walked in the dream, we were running by, I was with my sister Nina and we were running by and it like turned out like the invasion, the zombie apocalypse happened because like the government told people like, it wasn't zombieism. It was like this thing you needed. And it was literally like zombies <laughs> chained to a wall and people were walking up with their arms and letting the zombies bite them. Oh and it was God, just like, stop rose. giving away all your good. And, I know. I'm like, show. I need to figure Honestly, out how to make this riveting, a movie. Um, Blumhouse. If you're listening, so I've like have tried for in vain for like three years to figure out how to make this a film. I think Jason's head just blinked. <laughs> <laughs> um, to transition Back, Back to, to the, the Hitcher, Hitcher slowly. <laughs> I just want to say before we leave the realm of other road trip movies, I highly recommend Road Games from 1981. Yeah, very good with Jamie Lee. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a great movie. Joyride too. I know we mentioned that, but Joyride's amazing. Oh, I thought you were oh, referencing Joyride. specifically Not Joyride, Joyride Two. No, I've actually never trash. seen Joyride Two. Rusty Nail is that what it's called? Yeah, it's garbage. Joyride Three, even more garbage. Watch them back to back. And then kill yourself. I love oh, that's not, sorry, those aren't fun jokes. Erased. I love Joyride. 
<laughs> I do too. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I thought, you know, when you take away Paul Walker's naked body, you have Steve Zahn's naked body, which is fine. It's no, that, that's true. But I mean, and, and Lily. Oh my God. Lily. So that's a great movie. in peace. That career. Cause I want her back. Oh, oh I thought, I was, I thought you were going to say she died. No, but once you take away all those like fun aspects, the sequels leave nothing. It's just not worth it. Um, Back to the Hitcher. <laughs> yes, um, heard of it. Yeah. Uh, it's something that really interests me in this film that kind of interests me about vampire films in the 1990s is that idea that like once you give over to the other side, there is a freedom in knowing that you are doomed. So if you notice, like, I don't know, Jim makes different choices, like with the police, for example. Like he, at first we see him be, he's very tentative, he follows the rules. And then at one point he's just like, yeah, fuck the rules. And that gets mm-hmm. that gets more and more once he accepts that he's probably not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. There's not really a way out of this scenario. And I think that ultimately his, he finds a sense of freedom in his doomed fate. If that, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's kind of dark, but I think it, there is a freedom in knowing that he's accepted himself. Yeah. And I think it there's got to be away all the norms. Well, it makes and your, the fear, which is probably the hardest part of it goes away. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, fuck this. Get your priorities together. Mm-hmm. He empowers himself enough to face his fear directly. The thing that's been tormenting him all along. So to me, that oh. makes this a positive ending. But I was curious how you received the ending. It's almost post-coital. It's just him sitting there smoking a cigarette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's and a good way to put it. It's very low key for an ending for this type of movie it's it's so reflective um i think there's something in what you were saying about it opens him up to this horrible exciting world Uh, look john Ryder is the roughest trade like it's really opened up his worldview into all these possibilities (laughs) and now he's just in the afterglow of it thinking it over and we don't know where he's gonna land but he's in a reflective space now of like he can kind of begin to sort out what's been happening to him. I, 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 yeah, I like that. I like that too. I yeah. just really wanted his cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> it is a very subdued ending in a lot of ways, but <clears throat> I think for the audience and you're supposed to kind of be put in, in his shoes of like, you've just been through the ringer. So like, here's a moment of peace. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need a big, like exciting, happy. Sometimes you just need to sit and smoke that cig. Yeah. Well, the movie's unrelenting. It, it does is. not yeah. stop. Yeah. 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 <sighs> Where does the movie fall short? We've talked a lot of praise, so I'm curious. The character of Jim, we know nothing about him. I find him so uninteresting like as a lead character, whenever we're spending time with just him, I'm like, I don't know what you want. I don't know why I should care about you. Are you a top or a bottom? Exactly. <laughs> right. Or yeah, there's not um, a lot of info on who he is or like what he's even fighting for. Yeah. We don't, we you don't know? know what he's leaving or where he's going. Like the car has a bigger backstory than yeah. he does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I think it's almost like a glimpse into someone's life for a day who's just going through something so traumatic and heavy and violent that 
maybe the purpose isn't to give you much info on this mm. person other than like, here's this window that we're letting you in. Yeah. It's, it's a fairy tale. It's little red riding hood. Cause we don't know anything. And it's about a fantasy because it's going. a white person not being killed by a cop or <laughs> not being helped by a cop. What'd you yeah. say in the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> it's like not being believed. Yeah. By the cops. Yeah. Um, but I will say by the end of the movie, I'm pretty sure he's verse. So that should probably answer your question. Sam. I agree. Yeah. Which is the gayest of all. Yeah. <laughs> He's unlocked that. the highest achievement. I love that. Yeah, he's at the bonus level. Mm. <laughs> I want to watch the movie. Never mind. I want to watch it again now. Yeah, <sighs> I watched it on YouTube for free. It is. So. There's like several. There's yeah. like several links on YouTube that you can mm-hmm. watch for free. Why is this movie not on Blu-ray with a good transfer? It no is the idea. worst transfer. There is some and weird stuff that HBO is doing. Garbage. <laughs> and it's just like, how? How is this the one release we got? They're pulling some shit. HBO is with the Hitcher. It's pretty amazing though. Like when you see some movies, when you go to watch a movie and some of them just aren't available anywhere and you're, and it's usually a title like the Hitcher or like something known. This movie has a remake out there. I mean, with Mm. Sophia Bush, Sophia Bush, I love her. There's a remake out there, you know? So how does it not exist in a, we had this with another movie that we were going to watch that it was, it had a remake and you could only find the remake and I can't remember what it was. But it was like you couldn't find the movie anywhere. I think we had to watch it on YouTube. Does this movie get a pride float? No. No. No float. They have to operate the, you know, the WeHo trolley, the free, <laughs> the, the free, um, free rides. Uh-huh. You just gotta I, get, yeah. I gotta, do. I do think it would be fun if Rutger Hauer hitched a ride on a bunch of different floats. Yes. Oh, that's cool. That's what do true. you think, Sam? I know you're really, this you're pulling me. for this movie. Well, I, when I came into actually before I got here, my answer was no, it doesn't get a pride float. And then talking about it, I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah, it does. Because this is so queer and it was queer in a time where it's, it's dangerous to be. And it acknowledges that danger. So hell yeah. Except I want the pride float to be Sophia Bush's Ugg boots. And I know it's not connected, <laughs> but I want with her with each a half of Jennifer Jason Lee's body and one. <sighs> and the other oh my half God. The other streamers half. Wow. coming out instead of blood. So it's so cute. What did you say? Nate? Said you gross bitch. <laughs> no, no, no. no. She should be hanging suspended between the two Ugg boots. Uh, and they get slowly further apart as the parade continues. Well, fuck you like an animal plays. Oh my okay. God. Wow. <laughs> wow. You're describing my perfect pride. <laughs> so <laughs> my perfect pride was last Sunday in a record studio with Nay. Oh. oh, sorry to <laughs> intrude. No, that was such a fun episode to listen to, you guys. <laughs> when we said the lesbian vest at the same time. Uh, like the best is we couldn't think of a title. And I was like, wait, the lesbian vest. Yeah. So good. Uh, Thanks for listening. Julia. <laughs> There's a lesbian. Right. <laughs> for real. Anyway, the hitcher. <laughs> did we do it? I think we did. I think we, we did. did. Yeah. There's like oh that scene with the police dog wandering through the the police station where everyone's been yes. murdered. That's very Wes Craven, very spooky nightmare imagery. I like that a lot. Miss Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. I, speaking of nightmare, I mean when he has his actual nightmare. Uh huh. The nightmare is not about the hitcher any of the violence he's seen. The nightmare is about letting him into the car. And I just want to leave that as the note because Ugh. to him, it's the choice that he made to let this guy in. That's what's haunting him. As it should. <laughs> as it just like should. Uh, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, where can we find everyone? 
at Sam Weinman all across the board. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Black Cupcake. Uh, don't forget my fundraiser for Project Q. We'll post the link again. Yep. You can find me on Twitter at Michael Ken Ken. And a reminder that you can buy tickets for Sleepaway Camp 2 on Happy Campers. Uh, Friday, January 21st at 8.30 at the Frida Cinema Club in Santa Ana. Thefridacinema.org is where you can buy tickets. We will be doing a live show after. Yes, and bring your toiletries to donate to yes. that event. Yes. Uh, you can find uh, our show on Twitter and Instagram at Queer World Pod. You can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brent. Did you see the director of Sleepaway Camp 2 and Happy Campers retweeted? Or like tweeted out about yeah, he did. the show? Yeah. yeah, Michael Simpson. Mm-hmm. Hi, Michael. A true friend. <laughs> Good stuff. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.